Well, welcome. Uh, we're in a new series. We're talking about missing peace. And the interesting piece for us when we say the word peace is if you went shopping yesterday, you didn't feel peace. Or when you maybe get together with your family during this season, you don't necessarily feel peace. I wonder what you'd wish for if you had one wish. If you could wish for anything and that wish would come true, what would you wish for? I want to show you something today from the New Testament. It's the Christmas season. Maybe when you walked in, you, you loved seeing the lights. You loved hearing the sounds. The angels came to announce the the birth of Christ. Do you remember what the angel said? Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. What's interesting is that when Jesus would talk to people, when he would greet them as they came in or as they left, he would often say this, peace be with you. Or if something traumatic happened, he would say, now go leave in peace. When you think about the Apostle Paul, he often said this in his writings that we have in the New Testament. He would either start a letter or end a letter and he would say, grace and peace be with you. What's so interesting to me is to actually think about that. Think of all the different options that that Paul could have said. He could have said, may grace and popularity be to you. Because a lot of us want popularity. He could have said, grace and power be to you. Or grace and riches or grace and fame. But what Paul wrote was, grace and peace be with you. See, I I would submit to you that so many people, what we really want in life is not peace. Except when we really need peace. A divine peace that only God would give. Because I don't know about you, but we could have all the money in the bank and still not have peace in our heart. We could be successful in our jobs and still not have peace. We could be empty. We could be married and still not have peace in our home. I would argue what a lot of people want, and they don't even know they want it, is peace. And a peace that only comes from God. But what so many of us actually have in this world is not peace. We've got tension. A lot of us, were afraid and we're anxious. When you think about the relationships with your family and friends, what do you want? You want peace. You want harmony. You want understanding. What do you have? You have the opposite. You have disagreements. You have misunderstandings. You have hurt feelings. You have bitterness. We have unforgiveness. You know what I want in my life is is peace. And I want to show you from God's word 
what peace can look like this season, let me pray. God, in the next few minutes, may your word speak incredibly loud. Thank you for my friends who are visiting today or who call Daybreak home. We thank you that today we get to learn together. And so soften our hearts, give us the words that you want us to hear. May today truly be about peace. We love you in your name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah 26. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It'll be on the screen. Let me give you a little context of Isaiah 26. There's a season that's happening during the writing of this that there's a ton of fear. There's a ton of unsettledness. The, the prophet Isaiah, as he's writing this, he prophesied of a day where there would be unbridled worship, unrestrained worship. The worship would be filled with peace and passion and praise for how good God is. And this is what it says in Isaiah 26, verse 1. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Look at verse 2. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. That nation that keeps the faith. Then verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Did you hear that? You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Those who trust in the Lord. Those whose thoughts are fixed on Him. What Isaiah is saying is, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is your eternal rock. Friends, I want this promise. I love this promise. I need this promise. That verse 3, you and me will be kept in perfect peace. The, the peace of God that only comes from heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm way more familiar with imperfect peace or inconsistent peace. I can have peace at one moment and even pray a prayer to God and trust God with something. And hand this burden that I'm dealing with off to God. And be fine for about three minutes. And then suddenly I'm like, God, where are you? Why haven't you done what I've asked you to do? I could have a moment of pure joy. Of tranquility. I could sense the presence of God. And moments later be overcome with anxiety. With dread. With fear. With personal insecurity. Friends, I'm way more familiar with inconsistent peace or imperfect peace. And yet God promises this in Isaiah 26 that this perfect peace, well, what is perfect peace? The word peace in the Old Testament actually comes from a really rich Hebrew word. And it's the word shalom. It's actually a Jewish greeting. In both the coming and going, someone might look at you and say, Shalom. And what shalom actually means is it means way more than peace. 
It means wholeness, completeness. It's the fullness of peace. It's peace in every good way. It's complete and perfect peace. It's peace with God. In other words, there's this internal sense of fear or dread that you might be having that I have. Where do I stand with God? Have I done something to God that doesn't allow God to love me anymore? Have I gone too far? Is my shame too great? But here God goes, shalom. It's peace with me. It's peace with others. It's never a worry of where I stand or why we're bitter at each other. It's peace with ourself. It's that dark spot in your past that you're ashamed of. The thing that you did today before you got here that you wish you wouldn't have done. The thought you had that you shouldn't have had, it's peace with yourself. Shalom means I'm good with God and God is good with me. It's peace within your circumstances. Even when those circumstances aren't what you ever wanted them to be. It's shalom. It's complete. It's whole peace from God. What's so interesting to me is the original Hebrew text in Isaiah. It says this. I'm going to tell you exactly what it says. It says this. Shalom. Shalom. You will be kept in peace. Deep peace. You know, the interesting thing is the word shalom actually appears twice. This is an emphatic statement in the Hebrew language. It's saying to us that you get a double portion of peace. In other words, God's saying this to us this morning. I will give you your portion of peace and I will give you even more peace than you need. It's perfect peace. It's a peace that goes beyond our human understanding, our human ability to understand. Now, friends, here's the not-so-great news. I want to be clear, perfect peace does not mean that we'll not have trouble in this world. Jesus was really clear about that. He said this in John 16, verse 33, In this world you will have trouble. It doesn't mean that we won't have problems. It doesn't mean that nothing's ever going to break. It doesn't mean that our kids are not going to get in a fight when we drive them to church. It doesn't mean that our spouse isn't going to get on our nerves. Like when I frustrate Michelle because I put the keys in the wrong place. And you're thinking, well, where do the keys go in Matt's house? Well, I can tell you they don't go on the stairs. They go in this box. Not on top of the box or beside the box. They go in the box. Now, I'm not going to keep bringing that up because I want perfect peace when I get home. Peace doesn't mean that you're not going to have a difficult time. But what is shalom? Shalom. What's the perfect peace of God? We need to understand that, that peace is not, the abs- is not found in the absence of problems. Perfect peace, shalom, shalom is always found in the presence of God. 
See, it's God's perspective. It's God's assurance, even when life is anything but what you want it to be. And some of you right now, you might be feeling like, I want to push back on you, Matt. You have your little perfect wife. You have your perfect little family, blah, 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 blah. You might be thinking, my marriage sucks right now. Where's peace in that? You might be thinking, my body is wrecked right now. Where's peace in that? Matt, I'm trying to hold it together financially, and Christmas is coming up, and bills are stacking. Where's the peace in that? Matt, I've got a child struggling with with drugs right now. I have pornography in my home. Where's peace? I'm scared to death with good reason. How like how? Not just the promise. How do you experience the shalom, the shalom of God? Let me show you in Scripture how we experience that peace. We need to understand that that peace That battle for peace always begins in our minds. There's a war going on in our mind. There's a war going on in my mind all the time. I can know the truth of God. I mean, I went to school for it. But then my mind wanders into all sorts of untruths. I can believe wholeheartedly the the truth and promises of God for you, but I doubt them when they actually need to come to me. There's a war that always goes on in my mind between what God says and what my mind tends to wrongly believe. See, friends, the battle for peace actually begins in your mind. Go back to Isaiah 26, verse 3. Here's what the New Living Translation says. It puts a little spin on it. You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you, God. You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you, God. See, they're fixed on the truth of God. They're focused on God. The NIV said it this way. We read it. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Do you notice what Isaiah doesn't say? He doesn't say you have perfect peace if your thoughts are fixed on him. He doesn't say you'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on whatever. It doesn't say you're going to have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the future. It doesn't say that you're going to have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on your financial problems. It doesn't say... You're going to have perfect peace when your mind is focused on the bad news from your doctor. No, it says you'll have perfect peace when you're focused on the truth of God. See, I love the Hebrew word that's translated for fixed. The word is samak. And this word actually means to lean on completely. It means to fully rest on on who God is. Imagine it like this. God, who's much bigger, much stronger, this is what is with your mind. It's leaning your mind on God. You could literally translate this first. You will have perfect peace when you lean completely on, when your mind is completely fixed and rests on God's promises. That's perfect peace. 
Perfect peace is when your thoughts are resting on God's unfailing promises. So friends, here's the question. What's your mind fixed on? Whenever you have idle time, where does our mind slowly drift to? What consumes our mind? Some of you might say financial concerns actually consume my mind. Some of you might say political division consumes your mind. Maybe it's your health that consumes your mind. Maybe your mind wanders to the place where, Matt, everything's going wrong in the world right now. Or maybe it's that annoying person we talked about a few months ago on social media. What do we do? We keep our minds fixed so that we'll be kept in perfect peace. If you have your Bible, start to flip to Philippians chapter 4. Paul continues this theme for us, a theme that he would have learned from Isaiah. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts, not on whatever creates fear, not on whatever gives you anxiety, not on the bad news of this world, but fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about those things that are excellent, worthy of praise. And when your mind is actually fixed on God, when your mind is fixed on what's true, when your mind is fixed on the admirable and worthy of praise, then what does it say? The God of peace will be with you. When is the God of peace with you? When your minds are fixed on him. So what do I need to tell myself? I need to tell myself my God is good. He's always good. There's nothing gooder than my God. His promises are true. He never fails. Do you remember this from Romans chapter 8? For I'm convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor demons nor the present or the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nothing else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Who is God? He's my guide when I'm lost. When I'm weak, he's my strength. When I'm hurting, he's my comforter. Fix my mind on God. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, who can separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? Maybe we could modernize that Romans 8 and say, relational tension, Loneliness, anxiety, loss, depression, fear. No, in all these things, what are we? We are more than conquerors. Through Jesus who, who loved us. See, my mind is fixed on Him. My mind is fixed on Him and He offers me shalom, shalom. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 27. It'll pop on the screen behind. This is near the end of his life. Peace. Shalom, shalom, I leave with you. 
And he says something, I don't want you to miss this. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you like the world gives. Because I give you my peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Notice this, Jesus said, my peace, my shalom, shalom I give you. See, friends, peace is not found in the absence of problems. Peace is found when you are in the presence of God. Stay with me just for a couple minutes. In Matthew chapter 8, there's this powerful story. The disciples were in the boat and a huge storm blew up. You might remember it from Sunday school. The storm was so massive. The disciples were afraid for their lives. They said this, what's going to happen? We're probably going to die out here at sea. And they did what I would do. They started freaking out. What was Jesus doing? Jesus is in the bottom of the boat taking a nap. What's interesting to me in that story is that there's actually two storms on that day. There was one that was visible to the disciples. They could see it with their eyes. They could hear the thunder. They could see the lightning. They felt the wind. They saw the waves. They saw the visible storm. And then there was the second storm. And that storm was not on the outside. It was on the inside. I don't know how it is for you. But so many times the storm on the inside of my life is way harder to manage than the storm on the outside of my life. I can look fine to you, but the storm on the inside sometimes consumes me with fear, anxiety, and doubt, and worry. It was the storm on the inside that led the disciples to actually cry out, Jesus, don't you even care? We're going to die. For some of you, December 4th, the storm is on the inside. It's bringing about doubts. God, are you there? God, do you notice? I've prayed. I've cried out. I'm waiting. I'm looking. I don't see you, God. You're just simply taking a nap. What does Jesus do? He walks out calmly. Maybe he did a few stretches. (laughs) In the middle of the storm, with the power of God behind him, what does he say? Shalom. Peace. Be still. You can't speak what you don't have. Jesus, who is peace, gives you peace. And you can be kept in perfect peace when your mind is fixed on him. Can I be dead honest with you this morning? I know this truth. I've believed this truth, but I haven't always experienced the perfect peace. But this past year, I found God's word to be absolutely and completely true, that his perfect peace is available even in the midst of difficult circumstances. So how do we renew our mind? How do we bring about more of God into our life? We get into God's word first. We don't wait for something to happen. We start with God's Word first. Trust me, people will notice if you're in God's Word. Your spouse will notice. Because my mind is in the Word, letting the Word of God renew my mind. I'm fixing my thoughts on God, praying, God, renew my mind, direct my steps. 
We all know that throughout the day. And I'm not proud to tell you, but oftentimes my first thoughts are really negative. Oof, today's going to be a hard day. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so difficult. Oh, I get to do that again today, or that person was rude to me. Maybe even utter these words, I can't believe I got to. My thoughts always in the morning start out on the negative side. What I have to do is capture those thoughts. What Scripture says, I need to make them obedient to God. I force them out of my mind. I replace them with truth. I'm finding in my life, I start to say things like, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No, God's blessing is coming to me. My heart is filled with love toward people, and no matter how they treat me, I'm always going to be a blessing to them. See, I have to capture my thoughts and replace them with truth. Even in the middle of the day when it's chaotic, it's painful, it's disappointing, I can always find something to be grateful for. Friends, I've experienced the shalom, shalom, the peace of God in a way I can barely understand. See, it's easy to praise God when things are good. It's easy to praise God when things are going your way. But real praise is when you can thank Him even when you're in the middle of the storm. Friends, that's the kind of praise that Satan actually hates. That's the kind of praise that demons flee. He's our perfect peace. It's the goodness of God. So if you're going through a loss, a hurt, a pain, a fear, I pray the words of Philippians chapter 4 over you. Paul's writing from a Roman prison. He's awaiting a possible execution. And here, Paul pens these powerful words, don't be anxious about anything. Whatever is weighing you down, whatever is gripping your heart, don't be anxious about that. But in every situation, friends, when there are babies being born, don't be anxious about anything anything or someone's going home to meet Jesus. When the doctor's news is good or when the doctor's news is bad, when your bank account is high or your bank account is low, when your marriage is riding high or your marriage is falling apart in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with real praise, Present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, did you see it? It's the peace of God. It's not the peace of the world. It's not the peace of having money in the bank. It's not the peace of when everything's going the way you want. It's the peace of God. In other words, the world can't give it to you. The world can't take it away because this is a peace that's from God. Peace isn't the absence of heartache. It's not the absence of loss. Peace is is not void of disappointment. It's simply the presence of God. So friends, whatever you're going through right now, fix your thoughts on him. Think about what is good. Think about what's pure. And your mind will be kept in shalom, shalom. 
as you focus in on the one who is peace, the one who's always good. What did Jesus say? Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He is with you now, and maybe this word is for you. He's the gift. He's peace on earth. He's peace be with you. He's go in peace. He's grace and peace for you. It's peace from heaven, and it's available for you. Shalom. Shalom. May God's peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds and your souls. This is when you call out on the name of Jesus. He'll hear your prayer. May this Christmas be about peace. Let's pray. God, thank you for the reminder from your word about the power of peace. And my prayer for myself and my friends in front of me is that you would be shalom, shalom, peace, peace to them. Lord, we love you. If I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. We love you. Amen.